And when I get into a cab and try and explain where we want to go, to explain our destination, um, Thai people are beautiful and they will always smile at you and they will always nod and they'll always say, yeah, 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 like they know what you're talking about. But I live with this silent fear that they've got absolutely no idea what I'm trying to tell them and they've got absolutely no idea where we're going. Uh, many of you know that um, I've spent quite a bit of time in Thailand and in Bangkok in particularly. And the community that we partner with in Bangkok is a long way from the sort of the tourist hub of Bangkok, the, the central part of Bangkok. And so when you jump in a cab in central Bangkok, you're not asking them to go to a place that they know where to go to. You're not asking them to go to one of the, uh, the hotels or the tourist destinations that they'd go to all the time. And so you're never quite sure if they know, uh, you know, they know the community, they know the place that I'm telling them that I want to go. So I always have this sort of fear, and, and I pray this prayer because I have this fear that we could end up anywhere in Bangkok. Uh, or worse still, we could end up just driving around all day or all night and actually get nowhere. Um, and I don't know if you've ever experienced that in a cab or somewhere else. Um, but I want to suggest to you today that sometimes church can feel a little bit like that experience. Church can feel a little bit like a cab ride in a place like Bangkok. You jump in with a promise that you're going to go somewhere good. You jump in with an expectation that there's a destination and that des destination's going to be good. But sometimes you're just not sure if you're actually heading in the right direction. Sometimes you're just not sure that the driver really knows where they're going. Um, you're, you're, just, you're just not sure that the destination seems as certain as you'd like it to seem. And sometimes it can even feel like you're just sort of driving around and around and around and actually getting nowhere. And there's lots of driving happening. You know, you're, 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 you're moving a lot, um, but are you actually accomplishing anything? You know, are you actually getting closer to the destination? Are you actually getting anywhere? Are you actually getting anywhere that is good? And I want to say this morning that um, whether you are new to this whole church thing, whether you have been part of uh, churches or church communities or church gatherings for decades, whether you're with us online and you've never been inside a church anywhere, I want to tell you as clearly as I can that the church that Jesus set in motion is supposed to accomplish something. The church that Jesus set in motion is supposed to be going somewhere. It is supposed to be going somewhere on purpose. Jesus himself was super clear about this. It was super clear that followers of Jesus are supposed to be something distinctive. The followers of Jesus are supposed to do something distinctive. We're supposed to have a positive impact on the world around us. Matthew was one of uh, the group that followed Jesus during his life and ministry on earth, spent a lot of time with him. And in the years after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, Matthew would sit down to write a biography, to write down all the things that he remembered about Jesus, about who he was and what he did. He remembers uh, this day, this moment where Jesus was teaching a huge crowd, 
was one of, one of the days that really stuck out in Matthew's mind. Uh, Jesus on a, on a hillside, thousands and thousands of people around him, people sitting on the grass, sitting on rocks, maybe they're up in trees. Uh, this picture of thousands of people listening to the words of Jesus and he taught them for ages about all sorts of things, touched on a whole range of topics. But in amongst all those topics, Jesus said these words to the thousands of people assembled. He said, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. This is Matthew 5 verse 13. In Jesus' day, salt was a really important part of their society and of their culture. They didn't have any fridges, for example, and so salt was the way that they preserved their food. They couldn't keep it cold in a fridge or a freezer, so they salted uh, meat and even sometimes fruits and vegetables and things to keep them fresh. And so Jesus uses this example of salt, this really important thing, and says, you know, salt has a purpose, but if salt stopped being salty somehow, well, what is salt that's unsalty? It's it's just like dirt, I guess. You would just throw it on the ground and walk on it. His point is that salt only has value because it has purpose. If you take the purpose away from salt, then like, you know, kind of what's the point? And Jesus is saying this, looking at a crowd, looking at thousands of people who are interested in him, who are listening to him, who, who, who want to follow him, who are considering following him. And he's looking at these want-to-be followers and he's saying that you should be like salt. You should have a purpose. And if you lose that purpose, well, kind of what's the point? Jesus wants to reinforce this point, so he gives them another example right after, the very next verses. He says, after he says, you're like salt, he says, you are like light. You are like the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light Shine before others that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. He says, like salt, light has a purpose. It does something. It does something good for the world around it. And again, he looks at this crowd, thousands of people of sort of want-to-be followers of Jesus. And he says that you should be like light. You should have a purpose. And like, like, if you lose that purpose, like lighting a light and putting a bowl over it, like, he's like, what's the point of that? What's the, what's the point if you're a light, but you know, you, if you're a light, but you're not living with that kind of purpose? What's the point? And if you're any doubt about what this purpose is, you know, when Jesus says you're supposed to live with this purpose, if you're in any doubt about what that purpose is, Jesus was super clear about that too. Matthew remembers, Matthew remembers the time that a guy came to Jesus and asked him this question. A guy comes to Jesus and says, Teacher, which is the most important, which is the greatest commandment in the law? 
It's, it's like coming and saying, what's the most important thing for me to do? Of all the rules and all the laws and all the stuff that I should do and all the stuff that I should what's the most important one? And Matthew remembers that Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul, with all your mind. It's a way of saying, with everything that you have, every part of you. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like this, love your neighbour as yourself. What's the most important thing for you to do with your life? And Jesus sums it up in one word, love. What's the most important thing? What's the key purpose of your life? It is to love. To love God and to love others. We've talked about this before. We're going to talk about this like, like a lot, right? Get used to this. This idea that our purpose is to love. Loving God with all you have. Loving people around you. And that's all people around you with that same passion. Jesus is saying, if you want to follow Jesus, that is your purpose in life. That is your mission in life. And Matthew tells us that Jesus underlined this mission, this purpose, with his final words on earth. A lot of people don't know, but after the death and the resurrection of Jesus, uh, after Jesus was resurrected, he remained on earth for over a month, about 40 days, uh, one of the gospel writers remembered. And he appeared to hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people during that time. And he taught them and he talked with them. Uh, over, as I said, over a period of more than a month. And at the end of that time, he gathers a, a, a group, a relatively small group around him. And he gives sort of a, spare, a farewell speech before he would ascend into heaven. Matthew remembers it like this. This is in Matthew 28. It, this is literally the last words of the biography that Matthew writes about Jesus. Matthew remembers it this way. Jesus came to them and he said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, looking at the people around him, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Matthew 28. He's talking to this group of people and he's saying, this is your purpose. This is your collective purpose, your purpose as a group. He says that you are to go. Don't stay, go, move, do something. Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He says, go and bring others into your group. Go out and bring others into this thing. A group, it's, it's what would go on in the New Testament to be called the church. Go out and bring others into this church, teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And we've already said, what did he command us? Love God and love others. Go out and bring other people into this church, into this community, so that we can teach them how to love God and to love others. Jesus is saying really clearly that following God, that being part of a church, has 
a purpose. It has a mission. It has something that we're called to do and called to be. The church of Jesus is supposed to be going somewhere. Right? It's supposed to be doing something and not something for the people who are in the church, something for the world, something for people out there. And I want to say this morning that we started Tide Church, a small group of us, a really small group of us, with just one purpose. We want to be part of that mission. We want to be like the salt that Jesus is talking about. We want to be like the light that Jesus is talking about. We want to create a community of people that loves God and that loves others. We want to be part of that mission to make disciples, inviting them to follow Jesus with us. We want to be part of of the mission to teach other people to love God. To teach other people to love others. A radically different way to love people. A radically different way to live. We want to be part of that mission. And so we've tried to wrap all of this together into a simple statement. A statement that sort of captures who we are, who we want to be and where we want to go. Some people might call this like a vision statement or a mission statement. For us, this is just a statement. It's... This is our purpose for why we exist. Whatever you call it, this is our best, our best effort, if you like, to explain why we exist. We want to be people who are devoted to Jesus. Living our lives following Jesus' example and teaching wherever we are, whatever the cost. We want to be people who are devoted to Jesus, living our lives following Jesus' teaching and example wherever we are, no matter the cost. People who are devoted to Jesus, living our lives following Jesus' teaching and example wherever we are, whatever the cost. This is our way of saying, if you jump in the cab with us, This is where we're going. We started this church with a purpose. It's a purpose based on how we understand the teaching of Jesus. And what we're trying to do here, everything that we're doing here, is trying to be about fulfilling that purpose. So I guess I could put it another way and say that um, if you're looking for a church where you can come and sit comfortably and sing some nice songs, hear a nice message, make some new friends and go home pretty much the same as you walked in. This might not be the church for you because that's not the kind of church that we want to be. We're not interested in driving around all day and getting nowhere. And this isn't our idea. This isn't, you know, this isn't sort of This isn't about our preferences and and, and kind of what we want. This is about us trying to to understand and to live out the words and the teaching of Jesus. This is the first week of a series that we're calling On Purpose. And over the coming weeks, we're going to dig into this statement. We're going to sort of unpack this statement and talk in a lot more detail about the kind of people that we want to be in this church, about the kind of church that we want to be. 
Because we're a, a small church now, but I want to say this kind of boldly and publicly. We have big dreams. We're a small church, but we have big dreams. And, and that's, that's not because we have big dreams, but because we believe that Jesus has big dreams for his church. Does that make sense? I mean, when Jesus spoke those final words, the group that was around him was a small group. We don't know exactly the number, but probably somewhere between 20 and 120 people when he spoke that. They had no money. They had no building. They had no political power or authority. They had no fame. They had no influence. They had no social standing. They had no anything. All they had, that 20 to 120 people, all they had were the ideas that we've talked about today. All they had were those ideas and the power of the Holy Spirit. All they had were those ideas and the power of the Spirit of God inside them. And when they gave themselves fully to that mission, when they gave themselves fully to that purpose in their life, that's all they needed. These ideas, these words of Jesus and the power of the Holy Spirit is all they needed. They loved God with everything they had. They loved people all people with that same passion. And that little group of people committed to the purposes of God and empowered by the Spirit of God changed the world forever. Do you ever think about it like that? Jesus didn't start a global thing. He didn't start a massive thing. He started with a group of people not much bigger than this. He started with a simple radical idea that they could live out a kind of love for God and a kind of love for other people that, that, that would change the world. And it actually did. By the power of the Holy Spirit, it actually did. And the church of Jesus continues to change the world today, empowered by that same spirit and driven by those same ideas, those same words that they heard that we're hearing today. And so this series is going to be about saying, quite simply, if you're listening to this, if you're here with us, if you're listening to us online, you're invited to be a part of that mission and that purpose together with us you're invited to join us on a journey to be people who are devoted to Jesus living our lives following Jesus example and teaching wherever we are no matter the cost people who are devoted to Jesus living our lives following Jesus teaching and example wherever we are no matter the cost.